buzzing out there. Keys um, just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back. Episode 52 of Just Dishing It. It's weird starting this off because I can't clap yet. Usually I have like the one clap. So now it's just like a <laughs> like a loud and a nice little club thud. Um, boys, what's going on? We're back for another week here. Joined as always, John Toots Tutor and Derek Hoskin. Boys, how's the week off going? Uh, wow. Starting off, how's the week going so far? Whatever. Way to go, Ben. Starting it yeah. off. Dash one, as Biz would say. Pretty good. Um, sweated out of Victor Hovland, third and fourth round today for him to bottom out. Um, if I yeah, get off this podcast and he's not in the top ten, I'm going to be really fucking upset. Uh, uh, the, the golf bets, dude. I, I can't watch golf unless I can go play it. It drives me nuts. I know. I don't know how you guys do it. I know. It was, well, this was just a fun one. I just was, There was a lot at stake, so I figured it was going to be a good tournament, and it's been nothing short of a headache. Well, yeah, the players is like a tournament where it's like – it's not a major, but it's like a it's, really it's, big tournament. It's, fi- it's the fifth major if there was one. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. They also yeah. like – it's the largest prize pool in history. There's like the top three make over a million dollars, so there's a lot at stake. So that's – is that more than – the so how does that work? That's more than the majors. Uh, the, the, it just it keeps going up every year. Yeah, I mean, uh, and this has just been the biggest one, I think. So inflation, am I right? Yeah, I think top person Cam Smith is about to walk away with like three point one mil, and uh, that's not bad. So. That doesn't yeah. suck at all. Nope. Yeah, that's a that's an easy. You can finish third and walk away with like one point two mil. So that yeah, doesn't know. suck either. That's like the Kevin Kisner quote was great. Somebody it was like maybe like last year, the season before. Uh, somebody chirped Kevin Kisner and was like uh, talking about how he never really wins tournaments. And he's like, yeah, but they still pay great for tied 20th. Yeah. And making the cut, let alone just, just <laughs> making the awesome. cut. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's the thing realistically, like with the PGA, I mean, obviously like as kids, we got to see the dominant era that was Tiger Woods when it felt like, it was just a formality and he was going to win every weekend that he played and like everyone else was just battling for second. But like mm-hmm. now we don't really have that. And there's a lot of really good players, which makes it, I think fun in its own way. Oh yeah. Um, as much as I loved watching tiger dominate for so long, but Holy shit. Like, I mean, there's guys like some of the top earners in the course of their career on tour would actually surprise you because it's not guys that win like a ton of majors or a ton of tournaments. It's just guys that consistently make the cut and get those like top twenties every single week. Luke Donald comes to mind. Yeah. Like that's the thing. I was a big, big one up there for sure. Like, and that's the thing people could say all they want about guys, like not winning majors or whatever. It's like, I don't know. They're probably laughing at you with, you know, I imagine they want to, But it's at the end of the day, darn, still a millionaire. You can't tell me that Harry Higgs is out here playing for a major. Like, that guy is playing for the love of golf and making a couple hundred thousand dollars on a weekend, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think also I saw – I think that dead last 
at the players this year makes like forty seven thousand dollars if you yeah. make the cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bottom of the cut. Because yeah. that's that is the. Well, you can't thing. place in a tournament if you don't make the cut. Obviously, correct. Right? Yeah, and the, so that, the, yeah. Well, that's what the tough thing about golf is. I think where a lot of people don't realize it is golf is one of the only sports where like, like you think about it in terms of like the regular team sports that you're used to watching, like hockey, football, baseball, basketball, whatever. Like those guys have contracts, so like if you show up on Sunday and you're a football player and you play like dog shit, you're still getting a game check. Mm -hmm. If you suit up and you don't hit the field for one play, you're still getting a game check. But in golf, you could enter a tournament, pay the money out of your own pocket to travel there. Plus plus you're paying for your caddy to travel there. And then if you don't make the cut, you don't make any money back. So in golf, you literally, there's pressure every week because if you show up to a tournament, you don't make the cut. Not only did you not make money that week, you just lost money out of your bank account. Is there tournament fees too? I'm sure there's got to be some. I know that you I know sponsors got to cover this shit. No. Well, it depends, right? Because a lot of guys, you are a lot of guys don't really have sponsors if they're not the big name guys. I mean, they have sponsors in the sense that, they're on, clubs. They're, well, they're on staff, yeah, with like a TaylorMade or a Callaway or a Titleist, and they might get free right. clubs. But like, Titleist only pays a couple guys, like Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, to play their clubs. Like everyone else that plays those clubs, they'll get, they'll get them for free, or most of those guys, they'll get them for free. But the company's not paying them to play those clubs, uh, so it's like. You know, I and as far as the entry fee, I don't know in the PGA Tour. I don't know if it's covered or not. I know if you're trying to play in a Monday qualifier uh, to get into an event because you're not invited or exempt already, you have to pay for the qualifier. Uh, and that's where a lot of the guys that are on like the minor tours, like the Corn Ferry Tour, they grind it out hard because you know they might pay a couple grand to play in a Monday qualifier and they're not really making much so it's high stakes um yeah golf's a wild wild well and also i mean then you're also like a sole proprietor too like you said is like um when cab and i were working down um in florida working on tennis that's kind of where we learned about it's the same thing for tennis guys too yeah it all depends on how well you should but you are responsible for the cost of your coach the cost of you know your flight sometimes tournament fees, all of that, you know, everything, it's all out of your pocket, unless, you know, you have a sponsor that wants to pick up some of the stuff along the way. Obviously I'm sure they'll take it as it comes and whatever, whatever the sponsor wants to pay, you know, maybe it's flights or whatever it is. But, and the thing is though, by the time, by the time, a lot, most of the time, by the time you're good enough to get a sponsor, that's going to pay for all your shit, you're winning enough money where it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. yeah, you're not grinding it out to just make the cut week to week because if that's your life, you're probably not having big time sponsors. True. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely that's it's a crazy thing to think about. Like you, like you had said with the comparison of the contracts, you know, it's like you show up, you show up, you get paid. Yeah, if you're a quarterback oh. and you show up and you throw for 120 yards and four interceptions and your team gets their doors blown off, it's not like they, it's not like they don't pay you. Yeah, yeah. you bottom out on a Sunday of a golf tournament, like you're gonna 
probably only make the 47,000 as opposed to the 1.6 mil possibly. Right. And so like about, Derek, the guy who you bet on, what did you say? Is Victor, Hovland. Hovland. Victor Hovland. Yeah. All right. So at his top, like the best he was in the table today to where he's going to finish, he could be dropping what? Like hundreds of thousands of dollars in payouts. Oh, easily. That's what they're yeah. Well, there was a huge, there was a huge argument on um, whole, 16 between Hovland, Berger, and Damon, uh, Damon in their uh, in their uh, in their grouping. Um, Berger was one behind Hovland. This was Berger was minus seven, and Hovland was minus eight. Granted, they're a long shot to win the tournament, but at this point, you're playing for money. You know, what I mean, yeah. like you're like you said, you're dropping hundreds of thousands of dollars, like by position. Especially if you're going to be tying, like this is like it starts getting more complicated too once you start tying positions with other guys too, like outright right. positions. Obviously, right. makes more sense. But um, Berger put a ball into the water, and they were trying to determine where the drop was. And both da- uh, Damon and Hovland were arguing against Berger, saying like we saw it from farther back here. And Berger was like straight up to the officials, like this is ridiculous. He's like, it should be farther up. This is a terrible drop. And the official was like, I can't, I I didn't see it. So I can't make a call. So you guys have to decide amongst yourselves. And he was pretty pissed. And, you know, they were saying like, yeah, in a, in a tournament that was an invitational, you know, they'll let you drop from wherever, but these guys are competing for literally hundreds of thousands of dollars by just position. So like the 50 to 60 yards is there, you know, Hovland is not going to give him that when he's only one behind him. Yeah. yeah. He's going to say, like, this is where the ball went out. Sorry, man. Yeah. And, I wish and, I would have seen that. That'd be fun. A little yeah, fucking it was fisticuffs cool. in a fucking group of four there. Yeah. There group was, of three, they, whatever they're doing. Yeah, they were deadlocked. They were talking for a while. I mean, you talk about pace of play, but they were they were arguing a, a while about it because Berger was like, no, it should be above this bunker, you know, this grass bunker and stuff. And, like, there's water all down the right-hand side. So, like, it definitely does matter, you know, like, yeah. he's dropping. It's not like it's an easy course. So, yeah, it, it was interesting to see because they were all mic'd up and everything. And I could you could hear the, this conversation clear as day. And they were just like, I mean, Berger was like, this is a terrible call. You guys are killing me here. And it was, <laughs> it's just crazy to hear on this, you know. Um, that's why I'm excited for this uh you know that Netflix show that's going to be coming out, like the yeah. Drive to Survive, because they do a really good job with that. But with golf, I think it's going to be interesting, or it could be extremely boring. Because I thought about this, like some guys like don't do anything in their off time, like they literally just go home and watch TV because they're thinking about their mental game more so than their physical side of things. So, I yeah, think I, I I'm, think I'm sure they're going to find the fun guys you. too. I think golf would surprise you. Like a lot of these guys have weight. Like, golf isn't necessarily a sport that traditionally you can show, like, a lot of personality when you're, quote-unquote, on the field, right? Like, when you're in the middle of a round. You do have to stay locked in probably more than most sports. Um, But, I mean, a lot of those guys, like, just the shit off the course is probably going to be pretty cool, I would think. Um, Yeah, you got to think there's more guys that are John Daly style when it's time to let loose. Yeah, right. Totally, like, totally. I mean, John Daly didn't give a fuck. He would just. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm sure Shane, Rump, John Daly, Shane Lowry probably hit it hard in the in the bar after hitting a hole in one on 17 yesterday. I'm sure shit about that. So, oh yeah, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> side, side note: He has hit his whole his career hole in ones are the 16th, are 16th uh, Augusta National and 17th on. 
TPC Sawgrass. So like two of like the more iconic whole par three. Yeah, I'd take that. Yeah, I would take that too. And I, I take I'm a hole not in one. joking you. And the crazy thing is, is that when I saw Shane Lowry got a hole in one, I literally was looking at the odds for hole in one on DraftKings before the tournament, and everyone sits at a plus seven thousand. It's a total crapshoot. And Shane Lowry was up there, and I was just like, "Do I do it?" Like, I feel like he's yes, a really yeah. random guy, but like, I, I looked at it. I did look at it. I I, I contemplated it, but it's that's. That's crazy. I mean, to predict a hole a hole in one is you know hard somebody to do did it to begin with, and then also predicting like the right guy to do it is pretty difficult too. Yeah, you know, some guy puts a bunch of names on that wheel app and spins the wheel every tournament, throws a hundred bucks on a hole in one. I mean, if well, you don't is, you don't have to pick the guy. You just pick is there going to be a hole in one? No, there's two two separate bets. There is a hole. It, it will there be a hole in one, and then DraftKings will even let you do. Um, who will hit a hole in one, but every single person in the field sits at a plus 7,000. So it's not like any advantageous to any other player. So, well, yeah, I mean, if you're, you're so Vegas is saying that it's a complete crapshoot. So like you said, Benny, that wheel, that wheel would work probably just as well because Vegas has no clue on who that's. (laughs) You can't dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hovland hit one earlier today. So damn. Um, Well, Yeah. That's why yeah. I was like. I, that's why I was tempted to cash out. I I was actually plus money on a you know on a cash out there, but I, like you said, that that risk reward is way too high. Yeah, you can't you can't cash that out, no. Derek. I'm I'm not. I will never bet shame. But if you ever put a future bet in for five dollars and you cash it out for six, I will <laughs> dummy you in the group chat. <laughs> you ride that until the end every single time. You're going down with the ship, baby. Oh, I know. That's... I was more so jokingly sent out, but I, that was just like I had never. Usually, it's like a cash out at like ten ten cents. Usually, when I bet on like outright winners for golf, so mm. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That was just the highest I think I've ever seen an out, you know, outright winner on on a golf bet. So, for sure. Well, golf talk's always fun. I'm gonna be on the shelf. Can't be doing much of that for a few more weeks here. But we're gonna have to get out as a group, get some oh, yeah. footage, have some fun with it. I think that would be electric. Um, you know, kin to our friends over at the Spit and Chicklets, what they do. With the sandbagger, nothing like that. Just kind of a vlog sort of thing. Do we have some Hovland news? Yeah, Hovland finishes off at, uh, tied for ninth, so we we cash. Right. We cash. Wait, so you, I thought the bet was the winner. I had an outright winner, but I threw you that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had him top ten. I took that initially. I threw money on Hovland on. F- Friday. Well, wait, that can adjust though, can it? Oh, it goes up and down all over the place. Well, I mean, he, he could end up outside of there depending on how guys finish though, can no, he? No, 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 The tournament's over. Cameron Smith won it. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. We're, gotcha. We're, we're fully finished here. Gotcha. Solid. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, well, we ride. We ride. There you go, buddy. But Let's try I to get the street back going. Um, I got to stay away from hockey, if anything. This is a tough time of the year for hockey. I know, and I was just thinking about it, too. I was like, how am I going to bet on the playoffs? It's the same matchups over and over again. I'm going to get fucking killed. Well, here's what you do. You find a future bet on what round the Maple Leafs will lose in. First round. First round. Yeah. So there you go. 
not to take shots at any of our Maple Leafs friends, uh, followers of the Lord Maple Leafs, shots. but we're taking shots because, my God, is there any two teams in bigger shit storms right now than the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Vegas Golden Knights? And the Maybe Buffalo Sabres are derailing them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I see Edmonton's back up in the third spot. I just looked. Yeah, that, that's going to be games, a, and they got be a games in hand. Dude, I'm telling you, Vegas is in deep shit. They got Nashville's in front of them with 72 points, 59 games played. Then it's Vegas, 61 games played, 68 points. Dallas, 57 games played, 67 points. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas has games in hand. Though. The thing with Vegas is you know that they've got a really good attitude in that locker room. So <laughs> they miss Mark Stone so much. It is Yeah, insane. I saw that thread today that that they were talking about their like Mark Stone and then Eichel's name got thrown into the mix. And, oh boy. Oh, yeah. buddy, it's already starting. This is stir of the pot. Yeah, I mean that is what it is. But I mean, we gotta talk about the the that game because we haven't been on we haven't recorded since because the one last week, right? We did, uh, we did on Wednesday. Yeah, so we didn't. Uh, game was on. So Friday. yeah, I wasn't able to go because I was still in the sling. I wasn't dealing with all the absolute hooligans that you knew were going to be there that haven't oh, been to a game in two years. There. They were tailgating beforehand. They just want to get drunk and yell at Eichel. Um, I don't need one of them bumping into me. Love you. God bless you, folks. We love it. But I just didn't need that with the wrist at that time. But. Derek, I mean, talk, take us through what it was like to be there for that. Um, I was really interested to see how it was going to go. I didn't, I really didn't know how the reception was going to be. Um, definitely expected the booze. Didn't expect them to stay all the way through the third period, all the way down to the last whistle. Because I mean, we've seen it before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're having the fans are having Buchara and stuff like that. It makes it to about halfway through the game, and then it kind of drops off. You know, was there a good applause during the tribute video? Um, no, there was consistent booze for like the first half of it, and then like the really, run, and then wow. it was like Roswell stuff that kicked in, and then people were like, oh. oh. And yeah, started clapping, and then See, that, it, got, it got pretty. Yeah, it got it got pretty bad, like really fast, and like his head got, his head was me. down the whole time, dude. I don't think he watched it at all. Like, honest to God, I don't think he I don't, it. if I was him, I don't think I could have. But I mean, he like did the stick raise and everything, and then everyone cheered him. No one really booed him outright afterwards, but the boos were raining down after the. Well, after see, that's the- what you want. You don't want the booing going on when they cut it out with the tribute thing. That's real, like that's like serious. When it's during the game and he talks oh, yeah. that one, that's no. I was know. really mad at the fans for booing. I didn't boo. I didn't partake in any of the booing, but I definitely liked watching them go down with the ship. That's for sure. Um, uh, <laughs> but I, I so I, I just I, think I think the boos are direct. I mean, like the boos are directed at the wrong person. But then after those comments after the game, I felt that he definitely deserved all of those boos. I mean. I was mad at the Pagulas for the whole situation. This is my take on it. I was mad at the Pagulas. I was mad at management. And then after he makes some comments like that, I really had to like really second guess myself. I was like, maybe it really was him. You know, you can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I <laughs> but defended, I do think, but I I do think it's him. not fair to do that. Like, I don't think it's fair to do that where it's like. Because those comments came as a result of the booze. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? So, like, I think – I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, he doesn't deserve the booze. And then, like, oh, he 
yeah, he does because of the way he reacted to it. But like, yeah, I mean, any Jack still had a lot of defenders in Buffalo after he left, right? Because it's exactly everyone on this podcast, right? Because the thing is, he still had a lot of defenders because the idea, right, was obviously like, well, he suffered an unfortunate injury and he wasn't comfortable getting a fusion. He wanted the replacement. They gave him a hard time and basically ran him out of town because they wouldn't let him get the surgery he wanted. That's on. Yeah, but it started before that, though. It did. No, it did. It that. did. But and that's probably why they kind of dicked him around on the surgery thing. But that was just his easy out. He that was had his easy out. A lot of defenders after that process, where once he unleashed those comments on Thursday, all, all those all those people are gone. I mean, nobody how... nobody's going to defend you anymore. Buddy. I mean, the guys on Sportsnet straight up were like. Don't take shots at the fans. The fans were there the whole time and was like, you want to air out your grievances with the organization afterwards? Like, go for it. Go for it. I will will ask this with Jack, and this kind of comes with a conversation that I know they had on Chicklets a while ago, and there were some mixed opinions on it. What's the threshold for tribute videos? And, like, did he need one? Yeah, he needed one. Did he? Like I, I just played I don't there know, right? six years. Yeah, but like just because you played there six years, like you didn't like granted it was a team around him. Buddy, we bad. got jerseys in the rafters. They didn't win shit. We got jerseys in the rafters. That's a whole other conversation, right? Because but it's kind we, of the same thing. That's we've a tribute. Talked about it before. Retired jerseys are the dumbest shit in sports. But <laughs> we have uh, yeah, we have had that conversation. But like the thing is, and I agree with you on that, Benny. Uh, <laughs> but like I guess my point is right. Like I get it. Like, so I'll use like, obviously like the penguins tribute to like flurry being a pens guy, but like, okay. Flurry came through the, his career there in Pittsburgh, spent over a decade there. One, you know, a couple Stanley cups with them, mm-hmm. you know, three Stanley cups with them. So yeah, rub it in to me. Yeah. But you get my point, right? <laughs> to me, <laughs> it's like, okay, that deserves a tribute video. Of course. Where, like, yeah, no. If I'm if 100%. I'm looking if I'm looking at it and it's like, you know, if I, I can't even think of a great example right now. But the but line's like, been dropped. Like Flurry got one in Vegas, didn't he? Which I thought was ridiculous. I I thought it was just kind of ridiculous because like I get that he was a well liked player. It's like the guy played what two years here. Like I for an expansion team. Like, yeah, like I just <clears throat> I don't really understand that move. Right, like. The you chess know, piece agree. has been moved up the board, and I don't think if you if you so in the day and age we're in, if you pull it back now, you're gonna people are gonna trash you on Twitter and stuff as an organization. You're gonna get lit up for it. And if the Sabers didn't do that for Jack, the the PR the, the, the shitstorm would have been yeah. unbelievable. It's the public relations. And if they didn't that do that, how the game went, guarantee you wouldn't have happened. He would have had two points. You know, he would have had a tuck at least, maybe a couple assists, and they would have won or something. Like it just would have been bad juju. I think. I, I don't. I don't see how. I understand what happened. We didn't win anything. We didn't make the playoffs. I think a lot of it was like. I heard on after the whistle, they used uh, Peters used this word a lot. Closure. I think that's a lot of what that kind that night was about, and I think that was like a last salute, like in a way, like let's be real here. 
You like a, like we're we inept. Are we are done. No, no, no. In a way, yes. But let's be real here. He made that team watchable for years. Most of the time he was here, the reason I watched that team, again, I'm being facetious a little bit. I'm going to watch him anyways because I'm a sicko and I like the pain. I don't know what to tell you. I He's he was the reason I watched that team and I had any hope for the future, especially after O'Reilly left. Like, don't get me started on – don't fucking get me started on that. Yeah, That's a Band-Aid. That's a wound that I have partially healed. But – um, that, that guy made the team fun to watch. He was something to tune in for. He was a reason to go to the games. I think there's something to be said for that because he was the hope. He was the great hope of the franchise that this is, we got the guy. We just got to build around him. Obviously it didn't happen. He's no longer here, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I think that was kind of the door shutting on that whole painful, frustrating era. So in a way, if they didn't give him a tribute video, I would be surprised and I would say, I think you, I think that's not the right move. Do I see the point as somebody who maybe isn't a Sabres fan or looks at it from the outside thinking him getting a tribute video is stupid or unneeded? I can I can hear you on that too. I'm not really. I mean, especially I, you know what I'm saying. Way, especially like the way he left too, right? Like I look at it too. Like I'll use another example, right? You've got, you know, a guy that played I think like eight or nine years with the team was one of the top two receivers in the NFL for a while, and then left. You think when Antonio Brown is back in Pittsburgh? Granted, he kind of walked very out different there. Very but different. you know what I mean? Is it is it that different, though? I think it's a very guy, different. A guy played there for an extended period of time, didn't win a championship. Felony left conviction. On, left on bad terms. He did not have felony conviction. When he was uh, in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Where was he when he got it? I don't think he has one. I'm pretty sure he has one. Hold on. We're going to move this. I'm sorry, continue. Uh, not a felony. Um but uh, I think it's a point, point being. Yeah, continue. I'll figure Point it out. being, though, it's kind of a very, I think it's a very comparable situation where it's like you had a guy that played for a team for an extended period of time, played at a very high level, was one of the two best players at his position in the league, lit it up, never won a championship. And you're not going to do a tribute video for him when he comes back to town. Like no. I, I think of it kind of along you know similar lines. Yeah. Okay. So um, between being sued for sexual assault, I I just think I'm mashing things together, thinking of somebody else. But you know, between that suit, my point being is there wasn't the off the field ice problems. You know what I'm saying? With like, but I guess with, I guess my point is I I think that, that makes it a me. little. I just separate that with AB because that stuff didn't happen until after he left Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's see, that's my problem. The start of his problems, I feel like. Right, that's where because it's been so long, I didn't really realize until I just looked it up. But either way, what you're saying, dudes, I, I I agree. I don't think it's that different, but I still think that plays into it. I think the overall scope of it. Where, but I don't notice. I don't. I've, I've hardly noticed tribute videos in the NFL, though. 
Yeah, I mean, guys. Yeah, I just. I feel I like guys do move around more off. there. Yeah. I guess I'm just drawing a parallel in terms of like how comparable I see the situation yeah. play out. Like, well, also, I think it's just a different situation too. Is like, it's like you would see a tribute video in basketball because like almost everyone on the team plays. Like, it's a it's a whole team sport. Whereas like in football, you know, what I mean, like it's. You know, it's a good point. It's twenty-two yeah. guys and then some special teamers that play, but there's a uh, there's like a 50 roster, there's a roster of fifty-five every single day, and yeah. most practice squad guys. You know, it's just a bigger team. But I think I think it's just because of the fan relation is that everyone gets to know every player in hockey and NBA. You know, NBA basketball, just like that. Um, same thing. I feel like with soccer, you know, it's the same thing. It's a, it's a whole team sport as opposed to where like the NFL really relies on each squad 22 guys roughly you know like and then some special teams guys that are also doubled up sometimes on defense kind of thing you know so that's a good point i I think it's just a it's it's a more intimate sport i guess that's the way i the best yeah i got us i got us way off the rails here so no No, it doesn't matter i just i just look at it as like i don't know part of me is like is this some participation trophy bullshit no i i think tribute videos are stupid at the end of the day same thing with the the, i think that i think the only time they're not stupid is if you want to go like like henrik lundquist right like if a guy if a guy retires at the end of his career and you want to have a night to celebrate their career after their retired pregame sure but like do we really need to play a tribute video for a guy that's about to line up across from you and try to beat you tonight like I don't like the idea of it either. I just think there's been so many tribute videos done that are less deserving than Jack having one in Buffalo. Oh, yeah, and, and like those, or, yeah, those are. I feel the same way. Yeah, that's basically where I was coming from on it. I also find it funny though that we even brought it up because, like, I think in a couple of years from now, I mean, it's funny because, like, you bring you know the the tribute video showed up his plays and whatever and the stuff he's done around the city kind of thing, but. I feel like in a couple of years from now, when you like think like, you know, buzzword Jack Eichel in Buffalo, you're just going to think of the awful trade and the way that it went down. You're not going to think of any hockey stuff that he did, unfortunately. Like, so it further reiterates, is a tribute video needed? Probably not. Like, yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, like I like Ryan, a guy like Ryan Miller, you know, that guy is, you know, that's someone that I feel like ends up deserving a, (laughs) You know, I, it didn't win a cup for us, but, you know, won President's Trophy. When Tudor uh, you know, brought up Antonio fun. Brown, I was going to say Chris Drury and Danny Briere. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, you're not going to – I don't know. I it's, think – It's not a cut. It's not a clean cut, black and white. No, and I think I think yeah. fan, fan favorite influence definitely has a lot to play on it too. You know, yeah. if, if they're a fan favorite, like you got to do it just for the fans kind of thing. It's not even to like give that guy who's lining up across from you the you know, the tribute, like man. maybe that's what they were thinking heading into it. Cause he, he was, you know, the, inter- left, but like, the interesting he, thing about Jack though, is like when you talk about fan favorites in any sport, a lot of times it has to do with like their personality, right? It might not be the outright 
best player on the team in some cases, but it's because like they're always joking around, keeping it loose, having fun, and fans just feel like the guys who fight the grinder. Yeah, and like fans feel like they can connect with someone. (laughs) But like Jack really like and correct me if I'm wrong, like he never really gave much emotion or personality where like you feel connected. It was just like he was a quote unquote fan favorite because he was obviously far and away the best player on the team. But like personality wise, it wasn't like he was known as like being like the nicest guy in the community and stuff like that. So, I mean, he was just kind of, I thought fan favorite by default because it's like, well, he's the best player on a shitty team. He's he's the reason that I can watch this team. There's a lot of truth in that statement there. And I would, wouldn't doubt that there's a lot of people that would agree with that. Like it, like Josh Allen is the best player on the Bills, but Josh Allen also has a very likable personality, so it makes sense that he's the fan favorite, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. Quarterback, if, too. That's, quarterback that's like a special too. asterisk, too, for the sport, given, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the football quarterback's just always the guy, unfortunately. Yeah. But fortunately for Bills fans, you know, we got a and good we, one. We got the wide receiver combo, too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, back in the day, they had it with Fred Jackson, guys like that. But yeah, the yeah, cool I mean, guy. It's, it's like it's no, guys boy. that have that personality that kind of like relates to the community they're in. And I, and in Buffalo, right out of a lot of the pro sports markets, it takes a different type of personality to connect with the fans here because it is very much a blue collar, you know, lunch pail kind of town. Uh, so I, yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, whatever they it's over. Jack's Jack's gone. The only thing that I really wish they did that would have made that night so much better, I think, for Sabres fans, and would have been the best troll job ever by an NHL team, would have been immediately after the tribute video ended, coming over the PA and saying, "Now, please direct your attention to center ice." and slapping that C right on Tuck at center ice right before the game. Oh, my God. That would have been the best oh, so they, job they did the, they did the tribute. They did the tribute video after the first stoppage. Um, like, the first commercial break, the first I think it commercial was. commercial break. So oh, was, okay. we were already into the game. So that would have been the booze were so electric. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just to wrap that up of the Vegas, because we got to get on to the, the Toronto game, that nice old Heritage Classic. But um, – I thought it was definitely um, – it was good to be back. Um, I've lost my touch of, like, watching games. I'll tune into them every now and then, but that one definitely got me reinterested. Um, the good fans were out. It was not the KeyBank library. They, those were fans that were there and the fans that have not gone in a long time, and they were rowdy and they were ready to get after it. Um, that's honestly that's – Wanted good. to win a friggin' hockey game, baby. Mm-hmm. Was, there was two fights. Like, it was, it, was a, it was a great fan game. Like, the, the Sabres, the boys, you know, did a, a great job for the fans at the end of the day. That was – it was a good game. You could tell their play. They – yeah, like mm-hmm. they heard it. And they it were like close game too, like three, you know, three one. That's a good hot. Yeah, that's a great hot. Last game. last thing, on, last thing on that game though, I did see the clip because I didn't see the game on Thursday night. I was grinding it out in beer league, trying to, you know, play without Benny up there. I felt a little bit lost. <laughs> someone's got to um, go for it. Someone's got to. Someone's got to try. Didn't get on the score sheet though. Uh, uh, but uh, anyway, 
I saw the clip, like, I didn't even see it until the next day, but I thought it was absolutely savage and absolutely hilarious, especially because he's not that good. But Cody Eakin, <laughs> Cody Eakin, like, rolling his neck at Jack on the faceoff was, I thought. It, that got a lot of buzz, but I, when I saw that, I was like, even after when I saw people, like, tweeting it, I was like, I feel like I see him do that, though. But I could be wrong. I tend to look away when he's on the ice. Not, yeah. not, I mean, I'm I, not that's paying. why. That's why I thought it was even <laughs> funnier because it's like, okay, like you know, you're you're a plug. It's, but. but I mean, he's obviously a team guy. The Flint Tropics thing was his idea. We are being told. I mean, it's the problem with Cody Eakin is you know why he's there. Kill penalties, win faceoffs in like big moments, and it's like. We don't have any big moments. He's a locker room guy. He's got to be on a contender. That's where that guy belongs. And good for him finding a role in the league to where that's what you know that the teams know they need. Like he'll be, he'll go somewhere playing the playoffs. I guarantee it. Yeah. I mean, and also I will say that another small moment to add on to that, Tudor. Um, the real subtle, um, after Victor Olofsson puts a short side top shelf, he turns to the crowd and does the Eichel yeah. celebration. I mean, I, that one was, whew, that one was real good. I mean, it, that, but stuff like that, right. It kind of highlights. It's like, I was his line mate too. You know what I mean? I, I was, that's I what I'm saying. That was a nice, like little, like, like little dig right in there. Right. Right there. But that's what I'm saying. It's like Jack, like. I mean, showed you what guys thought of him, I guess. Other other than being the best player on the team, like he wasn't someone who like really anyone was connected with. No, you didn't see him like he wasn't like skating up and like, you know, bumping shoulders with the guys after the whistle kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't a welcome, you know, welcome home. thing. He's definitely the dude that goes on road trips and doesn't go to team dinner. I could see it. (laughs) He was he was in the. He was visibly frustrated all night, and you could see yeah, it you by the see. comments afterwards. You I mean, could the tell. comments were literally what he was feeling throughout that whole game, and it was frustrated. I mean, he couldn't do anything. They, I mean, they, he carried the puck for uh, you know two lines from blue line to blue line, and he got the boos were so loud for the, the whole time. Even him just winning a faceoff was a boo right off the bat. Like yeah. they were, they were on it. They were the fans were on it. They were there to be rowdy, and they were there to spite. I will say um, we moved down to Maddie, and I wanted to. I wish I got a clip of it. Um, but there was a Boston Bruins fan sitting in front of us. Um, and every time he was just shouting at the ref. Also, the refs were not too hot during the game. Every single time that there was something going on or something happened with Eichel, he was wearing a Bergeron shirt and stuff. I mean, double middle finger. What a like, fucking right up, loser. Like right up and just yelling, just screaming like, fuck you, refs, fuck. Just like, fuck you, Eichel. And like, I mean, the guy. No, this guy couldn't have been a more stereotypical <laughs> Boston Bruins fan in the entire but, world. Though. All right, can we it transition so to that topic, right? You are such a loser. If you go lost. to a game yeah. and you're wearing a jersey of a team that's not playing. Backwards hat, too. Of a, like, if you're, like, you're going to go to, like, a Bills-Dolphins game in Buffalo with a Cowboys jersey on, you're a loser. You are yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I did go to the game with a Danbury Trashers jersey on. So that's I mean, different. That's not a an NHL different. team. That's yeah. not. It, 
and it's also i think different too if you're wearing maybe maybe i still think it's kind of a loser move but if you're wearing a jersey of maybe a guy that's currently on the team but played for a different team like you know maybe but like yeah i don't know i'm not a fan of that either i don't like that i really just don't like it like i don't know i'm not gonna if i go to a sabers game with you guys like opening night against the canadians this year like i'm not gonna show up in penguins gear like that's a loser move i can tell you that i just for that specific scenario tutor you just know what's good for you well yeah but like you just like i don't know like that's that's I've got a Tyler Myers. Yeah, if, they're not, if, they're not, if they're playing the Penguins, that's you know it makes. Well, yeah, sense. if they're playing the Penguins, I'll show up in Penguins gear. But if yeah. they're playing a different team, I'm just going to show up in like plain street clothes. Yeah, my last my last Sabres jersey is a Tyler Myers jersey, and I can uh, tell okay. you that that does not get worn at games. But see, yeah, but that's almost the store. you are almost you. in the territory where like jerseys kind of go through like this weird limbo phase, in my opinion. I think. If you have a jersey, you either need to have like a retired like Hall of Fame legend or a current player. If the guy leaves the team, like say you had like a Jack Eichel or like a Ryan O'Reilly jersey, like eh, it kind of looks weird wearing it at the game. But sometimes enough time goes by where it just kind of becomes funny again. Like when you go to a Bills game and you see someone with one of those old, like navy blue Drew Bledsoe jerseys, I have a like now it's kind of cool to do that, right? Like I think it's hilarious when I see a Drew Bledsoe Bills jersey at, in Orchard Park on a Sunday. But two years after he left and he was playing for the Cowboys, it would have been like, what are you wearing? Yeah, it's like read the read the room. Yeah, I've there's got like it. that limbo period where you can't wear it anymore, but then enough time goes by where it's like just – funny to wear it so you can do it i think it's a blend of the time that goes by but it also depends if the team's any good yeah maybe and like i don't know if i saw somebody in a jp lossman jersey at a bills game i'd be laughing my ass off but how many eichel jerseys did you see there Oh, so many. I will yeah. say, I'll give Look, credit why? to this one, why this one kid. This? this kid wearing an Eichel jersey with electrical tape through the 15. I was like, wow, you really fucking showed him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> you not crossed out the last name. It still said Eichel. He just, just crossed the just the 15. I wish I took a picture of it and I did it. But uh, man, I, I was like, wow, we really fucking showed him, man. Some of those signs are so bad too. It was just oh, like that's horrible. you had buddy the 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 60 year old guy that went all over Twitter. It's like, buddy, you had you had you've had two months to come up with something for that. If you knew and that's what you did. Thanks for nothing. Do, uh, nice. do you guys have like strong opinions on jerseys or no? Um, what do you mean? Like, I feel like I have just like some opinions on fans wearing jerseys that I think are like maybe not necessarily hot takes, but things that like people either shake their head and they're like, yeah, or they look at me and they're like, you're the biggest idiot I've ever met. I guess just toss us. Well, yeah. So see. like, so there like for me, one, I think like the Jersey take I gave you with like wearing a different team's Jersey. I think that's pretty widely accepted. Yeah. 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 Two. I think it's very weird when like I love it right when you're a kid and you're looking up to a player whatever like you're that 12 year old kid that gets their Jack Eichel jersey when he first gets drafted you're excited whatever that's cool right like you're looking up to this guy it's weird to me when there's like 40 50 year old guys walking around with like a 19 year old's jersey on 
That's just That's weird. Yeah, uh, see, here's the thing there. Hockey jerseys. I Hockey jerseys are like jerseys for me. It's like a. But like at that point, I'm not saying don't wear a jersey. I'm saying like, you know, you can go with like a blank one with no name and number. You could go with like if you're a Sabres fan that's like there, you could go with like a classic like a LaFontaine or something like that. But well, Derek, just, maybe the guy or Derek, does my does my take does that make sense or am I just a moron? No, I, that's, that's, I mean I hear you, but at the end of the day, it's like where well if the if the dude really likes Casey Middlestat, what what do you you just want him not to wear it? Do you, is a jersey tee acceptable? Where are you I just think, I just think no, I just think personally, I would feel weird if like. Penguins get like a sick new prospect and I'm wearing this jersey and I'm 26 years old and this kid is like 19. I'd be like, geez. And I don't know if that's just me having like a weird hang up or if that's something other people. I think that's probably a hang up for some of us like our age where we're kind of still fighting the fact that we're just dead. We're beelining towards 30. Yeah. Like, and then very quickly it's 40, bah, 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 bah. but then you get dudes who are, you know, they're north of 50 and they're just like, I don't give a shit. This kid's fun to watch. Give me the jersey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I think it's, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on it. I can see what you're saying, though. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't, I agree. it just doesn't, I don't really think about it that much because I mean, I like getting jerseys, but like, now that you're saying that, I'm thinking about it. What jerseys do I own? I have two Liverpool ones. The guys are a year or two older than me. I have a Paul Korea Ducks jersey, and I have a Larry Bird Indiana State basketball jersey. So it's like I'm more of a retro kind of dude when it comes to that stuff. That's so. That's so, me too. That's me too, right? Like my like my Steelers jersey. I only have one of them, but like. I have a Jerome Bettis jersey because when I was a kid, he was my favorite player growing up, and he's a retired Hall of Famer. So part of my thought process is I'm never going to be the guy that has a jersey of a player that got traded to a different team, right? So I kind of like that aspect of it, where it's like, okay, like if I go out and I get, so a, you would never, so you don't, you would never do Phil Kessel. I would probably do a Phil Kessel, but I would do like a Minnesota Gophers Phil Kessel or something like that, where it's like, you know, like I'm just not a fan of like, like I, if I personally get a Jersey, it's not going to be a current player. See, th- this is where I guess I have different. I'm going to, I am completely opposite of you. Cause I've got a Michigan Wolverines Jersey with a blank on it right now. And I'm slapping Owen power. Yeah. On it, like yeah. 110%. Well, college, I guess is a little bit different, right? Because college, obviously you're not getting like traded and that's different. I think it's sick, right? Like that Larry Bird Jersey, like that's a dope throwback. Or if somebody has like, I've seen like the Kobe Bryant lower Marion jerseys from when he was that's in high a big school. one. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like those are cool throwbacks. But like, yeah, like I don't know. Like I love Phil Kessel, but it's like, do do I need like a jersey from when he played like two years with the Pens? Like, nah. Like if I if I get a new Pens jersey, I'll probably get like a Lemieux, or I would get like a Crosby when he retires or something like that. But I mean. See, I was like this too, but I was stuck on some of those old, like the 06, 07 guys, like yeah. you know, had one of those, but another one I always wanted was Alex McGilney. Mm-hmm. But now that Tuck 
isn't the same number. I'm like, I do love this guy. How can't you love an Alex Tuck? But he I, he's younger than me, so it's like, right. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I just didn't know I if know. I just if I just have really weird jersey hangups or if it's something other people think about. I'd say it's probably like 50-50, but I don't know. I think some people just like how the number looks. They like the jersey and they just buy it. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I think there's I'm either I think way. this is this is the school of thought. I think it, I'll, I'll round this off here, Tudor. I think either people think how you do, or they just don't care and they just like having a jersey. They like flashing the colors. They just don't think about it. So it's either people think how you do, or they could they just like oh I've never thought about it. I just like the jersey or something. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. that's probably the most common two schools of thought scenario there. Agreed. Fair enough. Um, God, these ones always fly by, fellas. Um, I know. so I want to touch on because all things considered, barring something crazy happening, we're going to have a really exciting interview next week on episode 53. I've been wanting to get this guy for a while, but either way, we'll get him. Hopefully it's next week. It's supposed to be. We'll see what happens. Um, gentlemen, that Monday is the NHL trade deadline. So. I wanted to dabble a little bit. We obviously have a Penguins fan here. Penguins look pretty good once again. <sighs> what it must be like. Just constantly contending. Go for it, man. I would love to see Crosby win another one, I got to say. Oh, big, always, always a big Malkin guy, too. You, you, you got to give it to him there. I'm going to put this out into the universe. Also, I hope Monday that Craig Anderson is on another team. He deserves <laughs> to be. Um 110%. And we bring him uh, back in the offseason to be with Lukanen. Bingo. There you uh, go, buddy. Yeah, that's... Same thing for Colin Miller. Colin Miller loves how you played. No, but... I don't want him back. He can just go on. See I don't think... I think he's going to sign elsewhere. I don't think he's going to be a... Absolutely. It, he's... Now, he's a solid defenseman. I like his game. Bad injury history is what it is, right? Yeah. Serious upgrade from Marco Scandello, if you ask me. But yeah, that's another. That's a different thing. He's a left side defenseman versus the right side. It's kind of a two different thing right now. Um, I think Pizik's probably going to be in that category, and possibly Henestrosa too. But I think Pizik and Henestrosa and Anderson. I think those three I definitely would like to have back. And I like, Henestr- I like Henestrosa's game a lot. Uh, grinder, hard yeah. worker. Pizik, very solid. Eat up some minutes on the back end. Let Darlene and the top pairs get a rest. I, you know, good penalty killer too. Um, before, before we get to, uh, I don't want to like get on a tangent of it. Um, Ristolainen getting five years, twenty five million, <laughs> asinine. Absolutely. Good for him. No, no, no. I think I think he's one of the smartest players. In listen to this guy because it's memory. on the flyers. No, listen <laughs> to that. I think he's one of the smartest players in recent memory. I mean, one because this is like. I mean, I love having him back there on the Flyers because they are dog shit. But (laughs) shout out to his agent for being a miracle, man. But two, I think Risto is incredibly smart because what he's done is said, fuck it. I'm not even going to be good at hockey. I'm just going to be a below average player on the worst, one of the worst teams in the league. So that they have to pay me. 
because Somebody's gotta play everyone this. else on this team is dog shit, so I don't have to be good, and they're still going to pay me. I mean, he's a genius. Made a career out of that. He is. He might be the Kirk Cousins of the NHL. Oh, don't disrespect Captain Kirk like that. Man, I, I mean, contract. <laughs> I mean, the guy is five hundred, and he's he made. He's made like he's gonna make upwards of a hundred and fifty million by the time he's done. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, Ristolainen, incredible. But I mean, Ristolainen is just. He's just not, like. Kirk Cousins is a better better player than Risto is. I mean, different sports, but like better. I mean, sure. Is he? I don't know. I, I mean, Risto can't even. Do we remember the clip where he like went over to the boards to keep one in and just like toe picked and ate it and looked like <laughs> me if I sat at the bar at Southern Tier for three hours before a men's league game and just couldn't stand up straight. This is this is fair. Like he I, does this shit in NHL games. Yeah. I mean Kirk Cousins has some bad ones too, but I think what's working in Kirk Cousins' favor for me is that glorious clip of him yelling at the journalist when he was with Washington. You like that? I, yeah, I mean that's just that's all time. Yeah. He's not even asking, he's telling him you yeah. like that. That's just that's that's an all-timer. But um yeah, I mean he's that classic like I'm fooling GMs. There's still some of that old school GM like he's a big body plays physical defenseman so he must be worth like, 5 million. It's a like year. what we talked about with Walt and I think Walt when he was on one of his episodes I think Risto is one of the guys that he mentioned where it's like he if you look at actual performance and numbers and like the analytics, he's terrible, but he passes the eye test for what a lot of people are looking for, because exactly what you said, Benny, he's a big physical defenseman and people are like, oh, you know, he was just on a bad team before. We could bring him here and really make him blossom. And it's like it's the same result in a different city. Yep. I couldn't agree more with that. But um, I, me and Derek kind of touched a little on the Sabre stuff. Obviously, they're probably going to be selling. Maybe there's a situation that comes in where a, a younger prospect to move some, you know, some kind of prospect in draft picks. I think you're going to see it's going to be pretty typical. Um, I actually read an article about uh, case four making a trade for Brock Besser for the Sabres, which I thought was pretty interesting. I didn't hate it, but I did you know, Brock Besser in a heartbeat. I know, right? But you know, the cost of that is going to be significant, especially now because they are realistically in the playoff race very much so. Yeah, they but, um, they've kind of had a resurgence under uh, Bruce Boudreaux. Um, but dudes, what from what you've seen to kind of round things off so we can at least touch on the trade deadline for one of our teams that will be a contender for the Stanley Cup once again. Um, what are you looking for? Do they need anything? What would you like to see? Honestly, just just some depth at forward uh, slots. They've been good. Obviously, that, that Crosby, Rust, and Gensel line is gross. But then you go down and you've got, you know, Zucker's been out for a little bit and Malkin's been skating with Kapanen and Kapanen has not done anything recently. 
Yeah, and you seemed like you kind of fell off after you I got mean, hurt. put a traffic cone out there right now because that's about what you're getting with him. And I like Kappen, and I hope he breaks out of it because the dude skates like the wind. He works hard. He just is a great pair of hands. Yeah, like he's just not making any impact, and they need more scoring from those depth positions at forward. They've been playing solid defense. Tristan Jari's played well. His last few starts has made me think that Casey DeSmith is more than adequate to be that number two goaltender. I mean, I think they're in a really good position to make a run. I would just love to see something else at, at um, you know, a couple of those wing positions because you get – you know, Evan Rodriguez has slowed down a lot. I know I talked about him, you know, being the best player in the league. Um, you know, I was wrong. I'll admit it. Hand up. That's on me. Um, but man, was he, cook- but was he man, cooking. Man, was he cooking for a while. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think if you look at a team and you can have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Jeff Carter down the line at your one, two, and three centers – that's that's a team built to make a run. Just I don't know. We got got to figure out something to get some You're playing production. Jeff Carter at center. Yeah, um, that sounds like you might need some bottom six center depth. Then I want so, that guy focused on the wing a little bit. I would think. But um, but that's why I sit here and talk shit. I don't, yeah, coach. I don't know. I mean, so, they gotta. They gotta maybe get, is Brock Besser a fit there? I can see it. The only thing is, though, the problem with the pens is like, what do you give up then? Yeah, you already you've kind of right. you gave up a lot for Zucker. Um, like, I I don't even know what draft picks they would have available. That that is the tricky part. So I'm just I'm kind of pulling up right now like some different line combinations, and you've got all right. Zenora is he looked actually really good um, the other day, um, four checking very well. Brian Boyle has been. A guy that just he makes me smile every time he's on the ice. How can he? How can he? Not? Um, you know, I, I enjoy watching him play. But yeah, I mean, they got you know those couple middle six forwards is what I'd like to see. You know, yeah. wingers, wingers specifically. They've got center lockdown. Teddy Bluger's an excellent fourth line center in my opinion. Uh, great penalty killer as well. Um, but yeah, maybe there's something to be had there with Mister Henestrosa. Couple, couple middle six forwards, and I think that uh, that Penn's team is looking dangerous. All right, so that's that's Tude's take on the uh, what he wants to see from the Pens at the trade deadline. I love it. I I, I would definitely agree from what I've seen. Um, I gotta be honest though, since they went on my gambling blacklist, I don't really tune into their games because they piss me off. So um, that is what it is. But another tremendous episode, fellas. These ones always fly by. Um, there was lots, lots to pack in there, but we'll be picking it up again soon. Like I said, still working on a whole bunch of guests scheduling things is a pain in the ass, but we're going to get to it, um, next week here for episode 53. We're looking at a really fun interview. So expect that down the pipeline. If not, you'll get us three talking some more shit. It'll be fun. Gentlemen, as always, thanks for joining. Great conversation. Everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week for episode 53 of just dishing it. Have a good rest of the week. We'll see you.